Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this here show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number seven, and today we're talking energy levels. This episode is going out on July 2nd, which means that when people hear this, we're recording just a couple days before then, it'll be 11 days till our wedding day. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, it's coming up. Who knew? You know, it started off with a podcast and now we're getting married. Oh yeah, (laughs) three months in. We didn't know each other before the podcast, but the podcast has just been going so well that we thought, man, let's double down. A whole six episodes. Courtesy. That's how you know. That's yeah, how you know. We'll do anything for, for our listeners. But what, what time of day are we getting married at? 5.30 p.m. Oh, that's no good. No? No, that's no good. We're going to have energy, to scrap all the plans. My energy level is quite low then. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're definitely going to have to scrap a year and a half worth of planning. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's not a prime. But I mean, luckily, all you have to do is walk in a straight line and not fall over. Oh, that, that's not so bad. Yeah, I think you can handle it. <laughs> well, it depends how, how many drinks I've had before the ceremony to, to see how straight that line is. But It's going to be an interesting day. The, right. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting episode. Uh, so the, the, today's episode of Becoming Better is all about our energy levels. And so the idea behind this is throughout the day, our energy is not consistent. Some of us are these people who spring out of bed first thing in the morning and they have a smile on their face. They're singing that, uh, what's that good morning song? Who's that I think by? it's called Good Morning. By who's I have by? absolutely no idea, but it's the song we always wake up to. It's a good show tune from like the 1940s. It's a song it's you, a you wake song. up to and then I fall asleep to you, a, a second time. You have no time. choice because you're beside me. <laughs> yeah, no, no choice at all. Um, but, but, you know, because our energy is not consistent, our productivity is not consistent throughout the day. And how much we get out of life is not consistent because if your energy is a two out of 10 and you're having a meaningful dinner with your spouse, you're probably not going to get as much out of that experience as if you're in the time of the day when you have a ton of energy and you can bring more to that experience. And so that's what this episode is about. It's about how do we find out what our energy levels are and how do we work around what our energy levels are to not only get more done, and find more meaning in what we do, but also invest in our creativity a little bit as well. And your personal life. And I think your personal you can life. totally double down on this in, in your personal life too, where I know I'm, I, I recently met a couple and they used to spend every morning that would be their, their time as a couple together. Mm. And I thought my immediate thought was, oh, that's so sweet. I love that idea. But then I immediately thought about what that would look like for us and thought, Oh, that would never work for us because that's when I get my best work done and you get your best sleeping done. (laughs) Yeah, it's my best sleeping time of the day. Yeah, it wouldn't work for us. But I think you can totally leverage this kind of idea for your personal life too. Exactly, yeah. And and one term that I love, um, it's called biological prime time. And this was a term coined by Sam Carpenter in his book, Work the System. And what I love about it is it's way more specific than, are you a morning bird? Are you a night owl? Are you somewhere in between? No. This is what is the exact time of the day when your energy level peaks so that you can uh, work around how your motivation fluctuates, how your focus fluctuates, how uh, all these different patterns change across the span of a day. 
Yeah, and you talked about this a bunch in your first book, right? And and didn't Sam even reach out to you after to, to give a little shout out? Yeah, it was funny because, you know, so often you write about an idea and then you see somebody else writing about that same idea and you think, man, that was my idea. I'm pretty sure I came up with that. So I gave Sam credit in the book and he reached out and said, uh, you know, thank you for actually crediting me for this idea. And so that's happening yet again in this episode of Becoming Better. Just uh, Sam Carpenter, all sorts of credit. Yeah, yeah Sam Carpenter uh, coined the term biological prime time. Um, I might come up when you Google the term, but it's, <laughs> it's him that comes up when, um, uh, when, when it comes to the history of the idea. Uh, and so there's a few ways of calculating our biological prime time. Th- this is an idea, if you can't tell, Arden Nordstrom, that I- I'm a bit into. And so I've I've you know, explored things the difficult way, but also there's easier ways to calculate this as well. Have you have you done this calculation for yourself? I definitely did it for you. I think I was the one who did the original stats for you in your in your blog way back when. Way um, back in the day. But I did do this for myself, not only when you first started talking about it, but again this year I did it too, just to kind of see if things had changed. And I think they have. I've definitely become much more oriented to morning type work. Um, and then another kind of big wave in the evening where my afternoon mm. is just, I, 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 there, if I have to do something that really involves a lot of deep work and attention, um, I'd prefer to delegate it to the morning or the evenings. But yeah, um, yeah, this was something I kind of reassessed, I guess, six months ago. Yeah, yeah. something like that. So, so there are three ways if somebody at home is saying, okay, Sounds good. I'd love to work around how much energy I have. There are essentially three ways that you can go about calculating it. Um, let, let's start with the most difficult way uh, of the three. Uh, so essentially, this is the one that I did years back and that, that I've been encouraging people to do. But there are easier ways. I will make that disclaimer, and I don't really recommend doing this. But this is the old-fashioned way of calculating your biological prime time, which is just to chart your energy levels over the span of a few weeks. If you can, uh, don't consume caffeine. Uh, wake up and fall asleep naturally. Have small, frequent meals for fuel so uh, food doesn't fluctuate your energy levels too much. And write down every hour. It's pretty subjective, right? Um, oh, it's but definitely subjective. It but has to be. Yeah, of course. And it, it's not supposed to be a statistically significant or no. publishable kind of stats tracking process but um, it's really just for you kind of to reflect on and I think if you already do I mean I, I time log every uh, half hour yeah. I, I love Laura Vanderkam's work and, and I, I, I have definitely tracked my time ever since I read her books so um, that this was just an easy add on to that and I think if a lot of people are in the habit of tracking stuff on a regular basis this isn't really that much work yeah you just kind of add a number to the spreadsheet exactly. and calculate them after a few mm-hmm. weeks it, it's, it's difficult if you don't already track your time, but it is the most accurate. Um, there, there is an easier way, but it's far less accurate. And that's to ask yourself, what time do you wake up on weekends or free days? And if it's the same as weekdays, uh, you're probably an earlier riser. And if it's a little later, you're probably somewhere in the middle of an early bird or a later riser. But if it's later, uh, 90 minutes or more, you're probably a night owl. And so depending on your natural rhythms, that's an easy way, but it's less accurate. Credit where credit is due, that's from uh, Dan Pink's book, When, uh, a wonderful uh, a wonderful book where he talks about how we can work around our energy levels. And he, call, he, he brings in the research of a chronobiologist named Till Ronenberg, who 
uh, who really is a pioneer in this area of working around our energy levels, the way that I would recommend doing so, and people might need to, this is like listening to a podcast on advanced mode. Um, You know, you might need to slow down to a quarter speed to do this calculation in real time. But essentially think about a day that you have off, or maybe even imagine you wake up on a deserted island somewhere. Maybe it's just a free day, like the weekend or a weekday that you don't have much to do um, the following day or that day. Then ask, when do you usually go to sleep on those days? Also figure out, when, when do you usually wake up? And then find the midpoint of those two times, of the time that you'd wake up for, uh, wake up at and, and fall asleep at. So, for example, I might go to sleep at 11 p.m. and wake up at 7 a.m., and so my midpoint is 3 a.m. And if your time is before... 3.30 a.m., you're an early bird. If it's between 3.30 and 5.30 a.m., you're somewhere in the middle of an early bird and a night owl. And if it's after 5.30 a.m., you're a night owl. And so a relatively accurate but also simple way of calculating your biological prime time so you don't have to do this, um, you know, this crazy log uh, at the uh, at the end of every hour, but once you have that number, this is when you have the most energy. Um, you know, if you're an early bird, you have it in the morning. If you're a night owl, you have it at night. If you're somewhere in the middle, um, chances are your energy peaks in the mid morning, uh, such as such as mine. Generally, that's that's the case. Is that people they have these waves, and right after they wake up, there's a kind of big burst of productivity followed by this big bigger dip um, and then another kind of lower peak in, in how um, engaged or focused people can be in the afternoon. And and, and in that book, in Daniel Pink's book, When, uh, he had a really, really great example about um, violinists and the most mm. successful or accomplished violinists have these very consistent practicing patterns where they do the most intense practicing in the morning with an afternoon break and a lot of more like a, a big session of practicing in the afternoon or in the evening again. You know who the, the most again. Uh, accomplished violinist was? Mm. Einstein. He played the violin. Did he really? It was quite accomplished. No way. Yeah, he accomplished. He didn't accomplish much in the world of playing the violin. Oh, he was like a. a, a, a wait, so he was just a recreational violinist, yeah. but also a wonderful physicist. Yeah. Okay, so it was a hobby. Mm-hmm. He wasn't at Carnegie Hall or something like that. That's true. Okay. Okay. We so can I cut think this out you, of the podcast. you may be exaggerated <laughs> just a little bit, but yeah. it's okay. I'm here to keep you honest. So. Uh, but I, I, and I absolutely love that story because when I think about even my own life, I, I, I think I've just naturally kind of divided up my day this way where I'll either go for a run or, or go grab lunch with you even. I know we do that sometimes in the middle of the day where we'll just reach out and get lunch spontaneously yeah. or I'll Touch go... base. Oh, no. We'll send each other a message on LinkedIn. Hey, uh, you down for lunch? At an opening. I swear we have a romantic relationship, but it's buried under LinkedIn somewhere. A lot of LinkedIn jokes on this podcast. Poor LinkedIn. Poor LinkedIn. It's a a great social network. It is a great network. It's a great acquisition for Microsoft. But uh, sorry, go on. But yeah, so I think in the afternoon, I've already kind of done this where I've, before I even really dived into the idea of biological prime time, the afternoon is where I moved things that didn't require a lot of really deep attention. Um, But I think once people do figure out your prime time, there's so many other things you can do to kind of leverage the times that you have the most attention or the least attention or or more energy and things like that. Yeah, I, I like to block off 10 a.m. to noon every single day because I know that this is when I do my most focused work. And if I'm going to write, 
I'm going to write during those hours because I could just bring more of myself to whatever's in front of me. And I don't want to be sitting in some meeting doing some BS admin task when I have the most energy. Uh, it's just, you know, we only have so much energy. Like, this is my core philosophy with everything, right? We have time, we have attention, we have energy. And we combine those three ingredients to get stuff done and live a meaningful life. And because our energy fluctuates so much, why not take advantage of those peak times of the day? But also when it dips, you know, when we have the most energy, we're the most productive. But when we have the least amount of energy, we're the most creative. And this is why right after waking up, uh, that's sometimes the best time to do your most creative work or right before going to bed because you're tired. Because you're just not going to bring much of yourself to what you're doing. But because of that, your mind is so much less inhibited. And so thoughts will flow freely and and you can brainstorm and you can throw together ideas and your mind won't put up its guard and say, okay, we need to focus. It'll put down its guard and ideas will flow more freely. Do you take advantage of these low energy times a day as well? Oh, for sure. This is usually when I delegate things like all my admin kind of things. This would be when I do um, ethics applications or other kind of paperwork. Because ethics isn't... Uh, uh, it's it's definitely super, super important. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just thinking ethics applications are just less thought intensive than mm, you just, you don't need yeah. to be super, super creative in how you're doing it. It's, yeah. very, it's, it's very paperwork type of work. Yeah. So it doesn't require a lot of attention like coding, coding wood or something like that. It's like so, the equivalent to data entry almost. Almost where you just, it, this is already, these are projects I know really well and you're just entering in details about it. So it's, it's, it doesn't involve as much deep thinking. Um, but this is also when I would do things like I, I, I have, I've just naturally kind of when, especially when I work from campus, I tend to run in the afternoons if I haven't already done a workout in the morning. Um, and that's just a really good time for me to kind of clear my head when I know my, I'm not going to get a lot of deeply focused work done in that time. So going for a little run, that gives you a huge burst of energy anyway. So it just kind of double whammy. You get the, you don't get to, you don't waste that time where you wouldn't get much done, but you also get a boost of energy. So this is just something I've naturally always kind of done. And it's a good time to just do that kind of work. Yeah, You've always kind of kept your energy in mind. And, you know, we, we share a lot of ideas between my work and, and your work. So you're probably sick of me talking about it. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll look at how much energy I have. But this is kind of a limitation of my work is I write about this stuff. I speak about this stuff, but my work is pretty unstructured. I can kind of do things when I want. If I want to wake up a bit later and work into the evening, that's fine. If I want to wake up early and do my best work then and then fall asleep early, that's okay too. But there have been situations in your life, in your work, where things have been far more structured and the structure around your work, um, you know, I'm thinking when you worked at the government, was determined by somebody else. Uh, So how did you work around those sort of constraints? Yeah, so even if you have a very eight to four job, I worked for the federal government for three years before moving to do my PhD. And and in that time, in the federal government, you don't have a lot of flexibility over your schedule. I still opted for a slightly earlier schedule. I'd usually get into the office around 7.30. But within that time... You're there for eight hours a day. You don't, I don't have, now I have the luxury where I can start working at 6 a.m., take a 
short break in the afternoon or, or in the mid morning and then go back to work in the evening or in the afternoon, which is great. But in the government and a lot of, a lot of types of work, you don't have that option. Right. Yeah. So I think when I was working in the federal government, I still got in a little bit earlier, but I would kind of organize the work I did within my day, um, according to when I knew I'd be the most productive Mm. and i know what this always meant for me i tried to get a lot of coding done in the morning so i I was um, a data scientist there and we would i would spend the whole morning trying to code or 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 figure out some kind of data issue um things that were really technical and really hands-on and required a lot more thinking and and creative thinking and in the afternoons that would be when i would kind of summarize my findings for reports or powerpoint presentations or things like that yeah and i I, you still have a lot of variability in the tasks you do even if you don't have flexibility in the hours you do them in yeah so you can you can you can choose which hours you do those time those tasks in but not yeah during the non-meeting hours in a lot of cases yes exactly i was in a really good team there were there weren't a ton of meetings but even just blocking off the time in your calendar even when you work in an organization people can see in your calendar if you have a certain amount of time blocked off every single day that you're busy. They'll just assume you're in a meeting. They'll assume you have a recurring meeting uh, during that time, even though it's with yourself. Yeah. And I think that there's no harm in actually putting in your calendar, like working on a certain task, even if you're not working with somebody, I I think people really do respect that kind of taking time for a certain part of your work that you want to focus on exactly don't don't throw yourself under the bus right you know you have the work that you do with other people but you have the work that you do with yourself and so you need to prioritize kind of the focused versus collaborative work uh, i was doing a talk yesterday at a university and I, one of my favorite things to do is ask people what, what are some creative ways to deal with distractions ahead of time and one person said uh, i just leave I just leave the office when, when I want to focus on something. He goes to a cafe, he leaves his phone at his desk, and he just gets the hell out of there and focuses on something at Starbucks. And, and so, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's so great. And I, I'm probably going to steal his idea and incorporate it into further presentations and not give him credit, unlike Sam Carpenter, who termed, coined the term uh, biological prime time. But uh, it, it's wonderful. You know, we, we tend to have more flexibility over our work than we think we do. Because when, when our schedules, when our tasks are imposed by other people, we just, just kind of assume that, okay, this is what I have to work on, and this is what my day is. But we do have a lot of flexibility with when we work on these things and, and how. Yeah, if you can make a government job flexible with what you do your time in, I think you can make any job kind of flexible for how you divvy up your time. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, So a few things to try from this episode. It's it's a compact episode of Becoming Better, but I feel this is one that, that folks should listen to a couple of times, even just to figure out how to calculate their biological prime time. Um so calculate it. You know, figure out when your peak times of the day are. You can chart your energy levels if you want, but you don't necessarily have to. Ooh, little bonus thing. Oh, Sometimes it's bonus. helpful to also be mindful of the prime time of people around you. Mm. So your coworkers, your partner, even if you don't make them do a test in front of you and then take all of these surveys or whatever, or track it in front of you, you can still just be mindful of how their energy seems to wax and wane throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and you can actually use that to kind of identify plate times that would be better for meetings or worse for meetings or better for dates or worse for dates. Yeah. Um, if you're... If, depending on who you're talking about. But um, you, these are things you can definitely do, not just for yourself, but you can try to be mindful of your environment and the people. In and it. usually you can tell, right? You know, you have 
the person that springs into work after their 5K run in the morning. And then you have the person that says, oh, I'm not me until I've had my morning coffee. And you oh, can probably... thank you for not saying Timmy's. Yeah. Well, I feel the Canadian references will be lost on most people listening. But it's a classic Canadian Classic uh, franchise, Tim Hortons. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can kind of tell when people... And as always... With anything that we talk about on the podcast or anything that you read about in this in this wellness racket, this space, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, if you're uh, in a situation where you have a bit less energy in the morning than you do in the afternoon, but the morning is your time. That's, you know, your kids wake up at, say, 6 or 6.30 or 7, and you have this beautiful window in the morning where you can get all your work done, where you can just focus unlike anything else. Sometimes working around the constraints of your day is more valuable than any productivity tactic out there. For sure. Cool. So a few things to try. Calculate when your energy peaks. Uh, you know, Figure out when that midpoint is and relate it to, to the, the uh, times that I mentioned. Before 3.30 a.m., you're an early bird. After 5.30 a.m., you're a night owl. Otherwise, you're somewhere in between um, another way, just chart your energy levels if you tend to track your time. You mentioned Laura Vander Cam. Uh, a couple of people have written in um, asking, when are you going to have Laura Vander Cam on? And the answer is next week or two weeks from now, the, the following episode. Uh, we're coordinating a time. She's on the beach right now. So we're going to interrupt her beach vacation to have... This is what we do for you, dear listener. Um, but uh, we're really excited to have her on the podcast. But figure out when your energy peaks, when it dips. Work around those productive, those creative times. Block them off if you can. Uh, wake up in an undistracted state. Fall asleep in an undistracted state so you can let your ideas flow. And as always... You can go to becomingbettershow.com to see the corresponding blog article for this episode and review the show. Thank you so much to, to all the people that have reviewed the show already. Um, we'll have to read another review or two on the show, but I, you know, we were looking at them before the, the episode started. And it, it really does mean a lot to not only you know feed our own ego, but also to help other people find the show, which is uh, why we do what we do. And uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you found it valuable. Have a wonderful week. We will see you in a couple Tuesdays when we have that very special interview lined up. <laughs>